Welcome to Information Security and Privacy Podcast. This series, we will be talking to industry experts and business owners to learn about challenges and strategies in making data secure and private. We will discuss aspects of upcoming privacy and security regulations around the country and the world affecting business. I am your host, Jyotin Gambier, SecureFlow. Let's make each other smarter. Hi, everyone. Today we have uh, Ken Leeser with us, serial entrepreneur, CISO, and advisor for startups. Uh, Ken has got an extensive experience in the field of security and privacy compliance. He has worked with uh, various companies in developing standards for risk and compliance to launch um, software as a service, platform as a service, and various other startup practices. Um, Ken, welcome to the show. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. So today we, we are going to be discussing SOC 2 certification and compliance requirements as such in the industry. Um, Ken, with your extensive experience, uh, let's start by discussing the difference between standards, compliance, and certifications. There are just so many acronyms and people get confused. So I just wanted you to kind of talk about that. Yeah, it's really an alphabet soup uh, kind of environment out there. It gets worse every day. Um, so there are some frameworks that have been put out um, that people can comply with. And those would be, I think, what you're talking about as standards. Um, NIST being the National Institute uh, for Standards, they have a broad standard called 800-53. Um, that's actually been um, shrunk down a little bit into um, what they call CSF or the cybersecurity framework. Um, and, and also um, another big one out there is ISO in the computer security space. It would be the ISO 27001. So these are very structured control systems that you can develop a checklist and say, we do this or we don't do that. Uh, right. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> sorry about that. I, no. in, in regards to, um, you know, you, you've kind of gone through explaining the differences. So if I, as a uh, software as a startup or a platform as a startup company want to get something which is trusted across my clients and I look at SOC 2, um, is that something that uh, would be the first certification I need to get as a, a startup? Is, is that trusted across the industry based on your experience? Yeah, I think so. So what SOC 2 is, it's bringing in an outside auditing firm to specifically go through the processes that your company has established to make sure that the data that you're storing on behalf of customers is kept confidential um, and that they can trust that you have systems in place. So in the same way that a bank might ask you for an audited financial statement and the bank can look at auditors' financial statements across all of their banking customers and agree that the same principles are followed um, according in, in the accounting world, it's GAAP, G-A-P, that, you know, Revenue is recognized a certain way. In the same way, um, all of your customers who use SaaS services can look at a SOC 2 report and look at the trust service principles that have been implemented 
and have confidence that the auditors have looked at these things and have agreed that your policies and procedures um, are consistent and will protect their data. Right, and and I think that's that uh, makes a lot of sense. But the confusion comes in for a company which is technology based, looking at data analytics, data mining, or all aspects of providing capabilities which are not financially related. And so the audit piece is something that throws people off. Also, um, I'm helping somebody in healthcare, for example, and uh, SOC 2 is an AICPA, which is a uh, public accounting standard. Is that the best compliance standard or a certification that I should go for as a company, or are there ones which are equally good? Um, I also understand their five trust principles, and I'm asking you a lot in that question, <laughs> but these trust principles are um, confusing to um, you know, companies as such, um, can you kind of highlight where as a startup I should be going based on the fact that I'm not in financial services, maybe I'm in- well, I, wasn't, I wasn't talking specifically about financial services. Um, what I was saying was that um, the financial audits follow certain standards and SOC audits also follow certain standards. So if I look at a financial statement, whether I'm in the financial services business or not, I can trust what's in the auditor's statement. If I'm a software company that's relying on a SaaS company, I can look at their SOC 2 report and rely that the auditor has given a fair assessment of the security of the company I want to do business with. So it doesn't matter whether that's healthcare or financial services or data analytics or anything like that. I just try to draw an analogy that you're bringing in an auditor who's offering an opinion based on a standard. Now, getting back to your question about um, where to start, I mean, it depends where you are in your journey and a little bit about where um, your clients want you to be, what kind of businesses you're in. Um, you can bring in an auditor to do a simple NIST assessment and that's usually a, a good first step if you're very young and very start out, uh, just starting out. You have a report um, issued by a consultant which says uh, this company has, has established these standards and uh, we've reviewed them and they appear to be in good shape. Um, as you mature and you probably work with larger customers, then you would mature into the SOC 2 space. So as a SaaS, as a SaaS software company, um, you've got heads down, you're coding, you're coding, you've got a couple of small clients, things are going really well. And all of a sudden sales team comes in with this really big client who's really excited about your new tech disruptive technology. You say, well, how do we know we want to do business with you? You say, well, I'll give you a SOC 2 report that's uh, signed by our outside auditors. They said, that'll be great. That'll give us a lot of comfort. So, um, that's generally when I see companies moving to the SOC 2 is, um, they want to show to their prospects that they've established good confidentiality and trust principles. And then getting off to what you were mentioning, high trust, high trust is a very, very stringent uh, compliance requirement, mostly focused on the healthcare field. Um, interestingly, Jordan, um, 
the HIPAA requirements, which is the Healthcare Protection Act, Health Information Protection Act, um, doesn't really have any auditing capabilities in there. It says you're supposed to comply to it, but there's no team of government auditors that come around and check on you. Um, if you have a breach or something, they'll fine you to a great degree if you're not compliant, but they're not auditing. So High Trust uh, was put together by a bunch of um, organizations in the healthcare space who wanted a very stringent audit standard that they could hold companies to that are storing health um, information in their systems. Right, and, and I think you have given a pretty succinct but uh, overall understanding of what SOC 2 provides me even mm -hmm. if I am not in a specific vertical market. Um, as I develop my SOC 2 certification to develop that badge of trust with my client, um, once I have got this SOC 2 certification uh, around my specific business, how do I keep that uh, going? Do I need to do a certain level of monitoring to make sure I'm in continuous compliance? Um, or do I just get the certification and um, let that speak for itself? Well, at the very least, um, you'd want to do it on an annual basis um, and have the auditor come in. The certification itself is for an annual period, the same way, again, getting back to my analogy earlier about financial statements, you produce an annual financial statement, you'd produce an annual SOC 2 report. So you'd want to do that every year. But once you've done it once, you bring it in a second time, now the auditor is going to look to see that what they reviewed the first time have, has remained in place over the time frame. And to do that, um, depending on the processes that you've put in place, you want to have, I'll call it internal audit light. You want to have somebody in place, either an internal person in charge of information security or an outside consulting firm that can come in occasionally and make sure that the standards are being met. So things like training new employees when they get hired um, on confidentiality and how and, and, and privacy and other security awareness. Um, if you're doing phishing tests, making sure that those are happening, making sure that um, the intrusion detection systems that should be in place to protect customer data is being monitored on a regular basis, that um, the code that's being deployed does not have any deficiencies and there are vulnerabilities that a hacker could exploit. So you want to establish, it, it sort of becomes a um, cat chasing its tail a little bit because um, in order to have good SOC 2 compliance, you also have to audit your own SOC 2 compliance. So uh, you want to make sure that you are doing things on a regular basis by having an internal audit that checks off that you're looking at your software vulnerabilities, you're viewing your intrusion detection alerts, um, that you're doing things that meet your trust service principles. Right, and I think that that is key is the, uh, 
ability to understand your development operations, your IT operations, and keep them going in regards to uh, maturing each process and developing an understanding that these processes as you mature are getting better, uh, more uh, based on a standard um, in an ongoing basis. There is in SOC 2 and other compliance regulations a discussion about controls. Um, what are these controls that they discuss around operations, IT ops or DevOps? Um, and are there certain controls more important than others in regards to um, you know, things around access control or change control, et cetera? Well, it depends how you define what's more important. Um, the auditors are going to treat them all the same, right? If any one of the controls is deficient, um, they're not going to give a clean opinion as to your SOC status. And most companies work very hard to make sure that their SOC reports are very clean. Now, from a security perspective, that we're, at, we're bringing in um, sort of subjective analysis here as to what is the most important piece or, or not. And I, I don't really want to get into that because you really want to have a comprehensive um, defense in depth kind of structure. And you want to use SOC 2 to evaluate those controls. So the controls that you want to look at are the things you mentioned to make, you know, to me, critical things are like employee offboarding. Um, right. Something that I see that's deficient in many organizations. It's easy to add services to people to give them access to things when they're an employee and they request it and they get approved for it. But do you have a way to follow the crumb trail out when they leave and revoke all of their access? Do you have a centralized system for access control? So if they leave and you only have to revoke one identity, it will revoke all of theirs automatically. Um, so the question, so as you were alluding to, access control is really today in the way we build our systems, the key to managing data, who can do what, who can see it, who can do things with it. Um, right. Making... And I think that, sorry. Okay. Um, I think the other uh, concern and question that a lot of folks get around that is um, we are all, most companies are hosted in the cloud, AWS, Azure, and others and they are SOC2 compliant. Uh, so if they are SOC2 compliant and hosted my application in their cloud, do I um, inherit? Do, do, inherit, do inherit, yeah, do you inherit that SOC2, uh, yeah. that uh, compliance? Yes. Absolutely not. Um, so really all they're doing is providing the SaaS company um, with the framework and it's up to the SaaS company to take advantage of the tools to make their data safe and confidential. So in AWS, if you store data um, on a file system, which they call an S3 bucket, you can make it open to the public or you can make it private. 
you can encrypt it or not encrypt it, but it's up to the people who configure the system to set the parameters properly to protect that data. Uh, just because um, Amazon or Azure or Google Cloud um, have security functions available and follow them in their own deployments, it's up to the SaaS company to implement those. And, and typically, it'll be a combination of services that the cloud provider offers along with third parties that might come in to assist and provide enhanced services around intrusion detection, code review, um, and other data analysis tools. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's been, um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I want to um, thank you for your time today. And I also want to, uh, you know, thank you for all the information that you shared with us and give you the opportunity to, uh, in, in the event, uh, folks have questions uh, about SOC2 and the discussions that we've had today, how can they reach you? Is there is there a way to um, um, come directly to you and ask questions? So I just wanted to give you that opportunity, but thank you again for, for your time today. Yeah, no, I, I think that the, uh, the partnership that um, you and I have established through uh, SecureFlow, um, I would prefer that they um, direct any questions through you and your team. Um, you guys are very um, up to speed on um, SOC and um, SOC auditing. Um, and I would refer them uh, through your organization and um, always happy to consult with them on um, policy development, security awareness training, um, setting up systems. So um, I'm happy to have them uh, route the questions through you. Excellent. Um, yeah, so you can reach us um, at any time on uh, www.secureflow.net and or uh, call us at 617-299-3747. But uh, Ken, I want to do again, thank you for your time. This has been very valuable and I think we have learned a lot uh, over this podcast about the importance of SOC2 compliance. Thanks for having thank me. This was a great conversation. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast on information security and privacy compliance. To learn more about the topics around information data security, privacy compliance, you can visit us at www.secureflow.net. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts and your reviews on our podcast today. You can go to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also write to us at email at secureflow.net. I am Jilton Gambier, and you've been listening to Secureflow Podcast.